Moskui, where we celebrate the achievements of black girls and women with a squeeze! Ooh. Um, I'm Dee Dee, also known as Dust Daughter. I'm the low end of that squeeze. And I'm Enda, also known as Enda's Corner, and apparently the high end of that squee. And the loud end of that squee, and (laughs) everything about that squee. All right. (laughs) You can contact us on Twitter, at Black Girl Squee, individually, and that is at Enda's Corner. I'm at Dust Daughter. Um, You'll probably hear that several times. Uh shout it out uh, in the middle of this episode because if they uses my Twitter to shame me uh, <laughs> our Tumblr our Tumblr is blackgirlsquee.tumblr.com uh, g- email is blackgirlsquee at gmail.com and we're also on iTunes, Podomatic and Google Play Podcasts um we have a spoiler policy in that we spoil shit. Um, we were spoiling How to Get Away with Murder when it was on the air, and now we're going to be spoiling um, a couple of episodes of WGN's Underground. And we may spoil some other stuff, so if we mention a show or, or a book or a piece of media, we might spoil it. So this is your warning. Yep. We also cuss a lot and talk about penis. Yeah. That a you, lot. your warning about that. A lot. <laughs> it's our happy place. What? Yes. <laughs> I have definitely needed a happy place for a while now. <laughs> well, see, I try. I try to help you out with that, but then you get mad at me. <laughs> Whatever. We'll talk about that after. Okay. So we don't have any feedback, which is concerning. What's up, y'all? Y'all don't love us? (laughs) I'm Um, still listening. (laughs) Hello? Is this mic on? (laughs) Um, We don't have any feedback, so we'll just jump into our Squeeworthy news. Um, And we have a lot of it. Uh, first thing is, um, Shadow and Act is back, and it has the, has their own website, which is shadowandact.com, so, um, you know, readjust your RSS feeds accordingly, and, uh, our first bit of news comes from the new Shadow and Act, and that is Io Davis named Head of Talent and Casting for ABC. She is a black woman. Uh, In the position, Davis will oversee both network and studio casting teams, effective immediately. She will continue reporting to ABC Entertainment President Channing Dungy, also a black woman. Yay! (laughs) (laughs) Black women have just taken over ABC. Birdman and Rub. Yes. (laughs) Um, So, um, 
Io Davis oversaw all scripted primetime casting for ABC Television Network since November 2015, um, including Modern Family, How to Get Away with Murder, Scandal, American Crime, Blackish, and Once Upon a Time. So, um, she knows what she's doing as far as uh, diverse casting. And, um, just, I hope to see a whole bunch more color uh, from, you know, colorful casting from coming from her. <laughs> um, so, to Io Davis, we give a huge hearty Okay. All right. Now, next item in Squeeworthy News is from Fox, and this comes from the mother of 28-year-old Sandra Bland, who died in police custody last year, as you all know. Her mother's name is Geneva Reed Phil, and she's raising awareness about other black women and girls who've um, died in police custody or due to both police violence, but their deaths hadn't received as much um, media attention. She did a symposium last Thursday, and it was hosted by the new Congressional Caucus on Black Women and Girls, which we talked about a few episodes ago, and established by three members of Congress in March, and they said it was to eliminate, quote, significant barriers and disparities experienced by black women, unquote, through public policy. Uh, She was... um, speaking at this event with women like Melissa Harris-Perry and Beverly Bond of Black Girls Rock. And during her, um, <clears throat> excuse me, during her um, talk, she said this, I quote, let's get something straight. I, as a mother, do not believe she committed suicide. I will say that until it's proven. But if you want me to believe that my daughter that I sent down there sitting up, driving her own vehicle, would be sent home in a capsule in the bottom of a plane with luggage on top of her, that I'm going to shut up, I will not. I will not. I will continue to speak for every mother paralyzed because of the loss of their child. Six, and Google them. I'm looking at your phones. Take two minutes and Google the other six that died in jail. We're not talking about that year. We're talking about the month of July. Goddamn. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, and in the article, they do go ahead and name uh, the other women that she's talking about. She's talking about Kendra Chapman, Alexis McGovern, Joyce Cornell, Rokina Jones, and Raynette Turner. So, you know, Say her name. Say her say name. Say her name. Yeah. Wow. I just have so much admiration for these women like this. I mean, I was mentioning like a few years ago before, you know, Sandra... Um, was killed that it's just really sad that these mothers have formed this whole support network with each other because they need each other for the support and they know what each other have been through but I mean at least they are able to use their voices and take you know their personal pain and their tragedy in their lives and try to do something with it and hope it you know other mothers don't have to go through what they are going through so I guess I want to say to her, you know, still happy Mother's Day since this is Mother's Day when we're recording and, you know, just hope that she heals and finds a way to, you know, well, she is dealing with the death of her child and hope that it doesn't happen to other mothers as I think that's, you know, her main point and her and what she's doing now. So, you know, bless her heart. 
Yeah, and just um, the way that she's channeling her pain into activism. And, yes. Uh, I mean, and not just the pain, just the anger. And, yes. Um, <coughs> everything. Um, there's other ways she could have dealt with it, um, but she she chose to to do this with it and I can do nothing but commend her. Um, yes. Either way, either way, if she had chosen to just privately deal with her grief, yeah, I would commend her for that. Um, but that she's doing this and trying to help other women as well and um, giving voice to, you know, other voiceless women is commendable too. So just Squee for Geneva Reed. Yes. Squee for you. Um, um, Black women at the Met Gala. Um, For some reason, every year there's a big um, event at the Met in New York, I think. Mm -hmm. And a whole bunch of celebrities dress up and take pictures on the red carpet and I don't know what goes on inside but <laughs> Me either. I all have- I know is all I know is people take pictures on the red carpet and then everybody on the internet judges their yeah. outfits I just know it's some sort of theme every year and I have no idea what the point of the whole gala yeah. is except dress up <laughs> yeah anyways you know we stuck like we do uh and yes. black women were out there in full force, uh, just showing all their glory. Um, so, you know, I just want to shout out Denai Guerrero, actress and playwright. Um, want to shout out uh, Lupita Nyong'o, who gave tribute to Nina Simone. Yes, not Audrey Hepburn. Yes, Nina. Yes. Google is free. Um, <laughs> uh, and she was stunning. Yeah. She even had... Um, she... Had Nate, Nate, Nate Parker. Nate Parker and Michael B. Jordan. Just Spellbound. I mean, they were just staring at her like, is she even real? The look on Nate Parker's face was everything. <laughs> he was in the middle of an interview, I think. He was talking to somebody. He just turned around and said, huh? Okay. Like, um, like whoa. We understand. We yes. understand, Nate. Um, Gugu Mbatha Ra. Mm. Naomi Harris was stunned. Oh, she was. Okay. Mm. Um, the Noel sisters. Um, Mandla Stenberg had the hair of life. Yeah, her hair was, well, their hair was awesome. It was quite a crown. Um, Zendaya Coleman, Jordan Dunn looked awesome. Carrie Washington was glowing. Um, Nicki Minaj. Oh, she was there? Yes. Oh, I loved what she was wearing. I'll I'll probably send you a link later, but yeah. She was one of my favorites. All right, so just, just everybody was everybody that was there was stunting and um, you know shout out to uh, 
Shout out to Idris and the and the tails, tops and tails and um Hi. <laughs> um sorry, that had nothing to do with anything. Um but to <laughs> to the to the black women at the Met Gala, we give a All right, our next um, item on Squeeworthy News is Lapita Nyong'o. She wrote about why she chose to do a small play um, over the big screen after she won an Oscar. And to that question, she says, this question felt quite silly. I mean, I'm an actress. Why Why wouldn't I want to be in an incredible, gorgeous, meaty piece about the complicated choices of women during wartime? But then it went deeper than that. To me, it felt like a question about our value system in this culture, the ways we define success for ourselves as well as others. Perhaps the reporter was placing the larger value on Hollywood roles. I turned down a few projects to pursue this one. I knew there was a sense of what was expected of me, but this play felt so important to me that I had to do it. Expectations be damned. And she also goes on to say, I think as women, as women of color, as black women, too often we hear about what we need to do how we need to behave, what we need to wear, what's deemed as too much or not enough, the cultural politics of what society considers appropriate for us and for our lives. What I am learning is that the most important questions you can ask yourself are, what do I want and who do I, I want to become? Read, Lupita, read. Please read. Yes. <laughs> she had a lot more to say about that, but you know what? You can go to com, find it and read it. The whole thing because she had a lot to say here and she went off <laughs> she had a word for everybody it was beautiful yeah i loved every word of it yeah uh, lapita ain't here to play no no and she has she has a plan in mind for what she wants to do and just because you don't agree with it or think it's high profile enough she don't care no. <laughs> she does not. She's she's creating her own roles. She's she's working on the things. She's developing her own um projects that she wants to be involved in. And you know, I just she has the agency and the freedom to do that and it's breathtaking I think to watch so just let Peter do Lupita chill no yep. she's smart enough to <laughs> she knows what she wants yep she knows how to go ahead and get it so oh god this is beautiful <laughs> yep. we have these we have people like Lupita and Ava and Nate and Ryan Coogler and Chadwick, hey baby, um, you know, they're they're crafting their own careers and they're doing it very deliberately and thoughtfully and without any, without very much concern about the white gaze or what white media has to say about them. And it's it's just beautiful. It's beautiful, beautiful. Okay. So, for Lapita Nyong'o and her words of wisdom, 
we give a big squee. <laughs> From Black Girl Dangerous, they did a piece on the recently departed Fanny Shakur, who is much more than just uh, the mother of rapper Tupac Shakur. Um, they, they recently wrote a piece called Dear Mama, What Fanny Shakur Taught Me About Black Womanhood, and I encourage you to go check out uh, this piece on uh, blackgirldangerous.org but um, Fanny Shakur was an activist um, a former Black Panther um, someone who um, and also a uh, who also acted as her own criminal defense attorney She's, uh, she was just an amazing, complex woman, uh, and, uh, it, she deserves to be, um, known as someone, um, she wasn't just a mother, she was, a complete, complex woman in her own right, uh, so, um, Please check out that article and find out as much as you can about a finish Shakur and um, Miss Shakur rest in power. Yes. All right. Okay. Um, next item is, in case you haven't heard, Laura Mavula has released a new video, and it is called Phenomenal Woman. Of course, I'm pretty sure that is a... Um, reference to uh, Maya Angelou in her poetry for she's very well known for but this video is just beautiful I think it takes place in Cape Town South Africa and just has all these beautiful colors and all these beautiful black women all throughout in public you know out in the streets just you know being beautiful and just showing you know all of this togetherness and all of this um, really beautiful imagery of uh, black women and if you haven't for some reason you just haven't paid attention to the visual images that Laura Mavola um, puts out like from Green Garden Overcome and um, That's Alright which is one of my all time favorites she does these really beautiful images of black women and black people and blackness and is so unapologetic about it and I love this new video and Loma Vula is just badass. <laughs> it's just badass. <laughs> so to Laura Mavula and her Phenomenal Woman video, we give a... Squee! <laughs> All right. Um, the next entry uh, in our... Uh, well, our next uh, bit of squee-worthy news is about... A, um, a zine called Sally Hemings Dreams. Um, it, it's a collaborative zine and multimedia portal by women interested in exploring the conscious and unconscious thoughts of women of African descent. 
who experienced slavery in the Americas. Um, the zine is edited and curated by Jamila Zara Felton, Jess Solomon, and Hadia Williams. Um, it will debut at DC Zine Fest on July 23rd, 2016, and all pre- proceeds from the sale of this zine will go to Thrive DC's Women in New Directions program. Um, the portal will exist on Tumblr at sallyhemmingsdreams.tumblr.com, and there's currently a call for entries for the zine. Um, so uh, you can probably find more information on uh, sallyhemmingsdreams.tumblr.com. Uh, the submission deadline uh, is June 7th, 2016. Uh, and... Um, if you look on that uh, that website, you'll find more information about um, and instructions about submissions. So um, this sounds very interesting, and I hope someone that I know who writes, <coughs> whose name rhymes with Schmenda Roran, will uh, you know maybe submit something to it. Maybe someone whose name rhymes with Mimi uh, Sinning might think about (coughs) my name Didi Bozeman we're gonna be hearing about that later believe it it (laughs) so to Sally Hemming's dream zine, uh, we give a big <laughs> And now, our last uh, entry in Squeeworthy News. There are so many black women nominees for Tony Awards. I mean, there are a lot of people of color all over the Tony Awards this year, but there are a lot of black women here. So, Denai Guerrera and Lupita Nyong'o both got nods for Eclipse. Renee Goltz, Elise Goldsberry got a nod for Hamilton. Yes. Cynthia Revo got a nod for The Color Purple. Pascali Armand, I hope I said your name right, and Sekhan Sanglo, I hope I said your name right. I'm very sorry if I got either of your names wrong. They also both got nominated for Eclipsed. Danielle Brooks got nominated for The Color Purple. My baby! <laughs> and I hope I say her name right, too. Lysel Tommy. She's the director of Eclipse. She got a nod. And also, Adrienne Warren got a nod for Shuffle Along. So, I mean, look at all those nominees. Look at them. And Denai Guerrero got nominated for Best Play, which she wrote. Yes. Yes. This is big. Yes. This is big. I think it's, you know, is she the only woman in that category? I think she She is. She might be. Surely only the black, the only black woman. Yeah, she definitely is. I mean, it's her. Probably. It's her and Lynn Manuel. Yeah. Lynn Manuel. Well, that's a, they're the only people of color. Yeah. In best play. This is so amazing. Yeah, I'm like, I may not get to Broadway or anytime soon, but I will probably definitely be watching the Tonys this year. 
Cause I mean, look at all, look at all that pretty black. <laughs> look at yes. all that, look at all that pretty brown. Yes, and we had some lovely um, black male nominees that yes. will we'll, be yeah. discussed in a uh, yeah. another segment. Yeah, you know. So just hold on. Yeah, <laughs> uh, just man. If this wasn't the year of Hamilton, it could have been the year of Eclipse. Yeah. So, I mean, they're kind of my underdog right now, but I'm, and I'm, I always kind of root for the underdog. So I like Hamilton, but the play about black women <laughs> with all black women, the cast and crew, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of biased. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> not even going to lie. Hello. Yeah. Look at the name of our show. Yeah. <laughs> What is? What are look, we really going to focus on? Hamilton, yes, yes. Uh, Ham- Hamilton. You have Renee Lee's Goldsberry. I love her. I love her. I love her. But Eclipsed has <laughs> Lapita Nyong'o and like yeah, and uh, like five other black women on stage at the same time. So yeah, we we know where my heart's going to be. Yeah, but I'm not going to be mad same. if Renee wins either, because <laughs> Renee's awesome and she's pretty much the main reason why I even got into Hamilton in the first place. Because I found out she was in it. Mm-hmm. But to all of these beautiful black women nominees for the Tony Awards, we want to give a big squeeze! Congratulations! Yes. Let's hope we Good see night. some winners. So brilliant. Yes, let's hope we see some winners now. Yes. Oh, all right. So now. We're going to get to um, our underground recaps. Yes. So we're uh, going to focus on episodes three and four of Underground. Uh, episode three is called The Lord's Day. And episode four is Firefly. Uh, in addition to a spoiler um, warnings, we should also probably give trigger warnings too because really really horrible traumatic things go down in like almost every episode and so if you're sensitive to that just be warned beforehand yeah i mean it's a show about slavery yeah and true. um yeah these these white folks are <sighs> yeah very quiet and they don't so. they don't sugarcoat it which is a good thing because you know we see, yeah, we see in books, you know, happy slaves and children's books. I'm like, nah, uh-uh, no, that's some fiction. Um, okay, so episode three, The Lord's Day, opens up with <laughs> Rosalie, uh, played by Journey Smollett Bell. Uh, in church, in the, in the white folks church, and she's standing, um, because I guess black folks don't get to stand, get to sit in the white folks church. Um, she's, she's sort of, uh, um, itching from the scars on her arms where she had been, um, whipped. Trigger warning. Um. And um, Stabler, or August, I guess is his name on the show, is looking at her. Um, is looking at her, um, looking at her fidgeting with her wraps. 
Um, so the white church is cut. You see, um, you see what's going on at the white church, and it's juxtaposed to the um, the Moses's church for all the um, enslaved folks, and even though they don't have fancy suits on or pews or a building, it's still way more lit. <laughs> um, the slaves get to sit down on the grass and just listen to Moses and he's hyped. And the white church, Moses and the white preacher are given the exact same sermon, but it's way more lit when Moses does it. <laughs> Obviously. Yeah. Um, meanwhile, um, Noah and Henry are way in the back, uh, plotting on how to, on, on running away. They ain't even listening to what Moses is talking about. Um, so they figure that the best day to run will be on Saturday, the Sabbath. Um, and uh, Noah's working on ropes and stuff for the, you know, to to work their way under the bridge. And, um, you know, um, so Noah tells Henry, while they resting, we gonna be running. And then he gives, he gives Henry a big old smile and my ovaries flipped. And, um... <laughs> And then they go to the theme song. So we come back and and Noah's talking to Sam. And they're working on a way to cross under the bridge with hooks and a harness. And um, then Moses comes in and he says that um, Pearly May has finished writing up the freedom papers. Now all they need to have is a seal from Macon's desk. So, um, Sam goes down to the cookhouse, um, and, um, runs into Ernestine. And, um, they exchange some kind of salty words because Sam is still bitter about Ernestine, you know, uh, becoming a house slave and uh, having having two other kids and not really spending much time with him. Um. Anyways, but Sam's not really there to chop it up with Ernestine. He's um, there to recruit Rosalie to get the seal for the Freedom Papers. Even though at the same time, he's putting her down and says, um, you soft, you only slow us down and all this stuff, which is funny yeah. if you've seen the rest of the show. Yeah, because everybody, funny keeps, telling her, everybody keeps telling you you're not made for running. Mm-hmm. And she starts to believe it herself. But um, So then we um, have a Mayo moment. Hawks visits um, Kyle, who um, 
is Liz's Elizabeth's old fiance, and he's a marshal now. Um, Kyle says he'll see them at the governor's ball. And he's giving these pointed looks at um, Liz all the time. And, you know, and, you know, her husband is right there. But whatever, Kyle. <laughs> white folks gonna white. Um, yeah, pretty much. Uh, so, um, back at the Mason plantation, um, slave traders take away Zeke's wife, Serafina. You know, after she um, killed their child. And you can hear this bitch in the background talking about, I can't have no child killers on my plantation. Whatever, bitch. Pretty much. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Zeke, Zeke, um, Moses runs and tells Zeke that they're taking Serafina. And then Zeke runs to the wagon, punches a lot of people. <laughs> yeah. And breaks the damn wagon. Yeah. That's when you he forgot. He don't even. Yeah. Yeah. That's when you he forgot. He don't even say strong. any. No, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> go ahead. No, I saying that's when you figure out how strong Zeke really is. Um, he doesn't even say anything to Serafina because he's still not talking to her. But he gives her a very, you know, pointed look. Um, Pearly May prays with Serafina, puts a bonnet over her head to, you know, shield her from some of the, the sun. Given that, you know, last little bit of comfort that she can give. Yeah. And um, it's just a, you know, Zeke broke down that fucking wagon. So, um, then, you know, the white folks are talking about, you know, what to do to make up for the property that was destroyed and all this bullshit. Um, and Rosalie, Rosalie walks in and, um, you know, to offer refreshments or whatever. And she sees where uh, Macon keeps the seal. So, um, so that's the end of that scene. And then we cut back to um, Sam um, in his shop. Um, he's he's talking to somebody. Um, talking about Rose is soft and, you know, she's only going to get us in trouble and all this other stuff. And um, then Macon comes in and asks if Sam is talking to himself. <laughs> well, but no, he's really talking to Noah, <laughs> who's been testing the harnesses and is suspended up in the roof. <laughs> so... Megan is coming in the shop bullshitting and meanwhile Sam is like sweating bullets and like will you please get the fuck out yep. so I can get Noah out <laughs> before you see Noah or worse Noah falls down on your ass <laughs> from this harness yeah 
So Noah's just talking all this bullshit about I envy you being out in the shop, you know, making stuff with your hands and all this stuff. And I'm like, if you don't get the fuck, you don't want to do nothing, lazy ass wife. <laughs> anyway, um, uh, so Megan finally leaves. And then uh, Noah, <laughs> Noah just smiles at Sam all crazy. <laughs> Because he just can't wait to run. Yeah. And Noah says, well, at least you know your harness works. Yeah. It was such a tense moment because the gun, Noah still has the gun from last time. The gun almost falls down, and he, but he manages to catch the gun at the last minute. And as soon as uh, Macon, Mason, Macon, whatever his name is, leaves, uh, Sam just vomits. Yeah. <laughs> vomits all over. <laughs> <laughs> so who's who's soft, Sam? Who's soft? <laughs> anyway, yeah. Um, Rose gets the seal out to Pearly May. Um, or wait, um, and asks Pearly May um, how she knows that she loved Moses. Which makes me think that Rose is thinking about Noah. And she's trying to figure out if she's in love with him or not. You are. You are, boo. Um, and Pearly Mae goes into this whole story about um, Moses. And it's just beautiful. Yeah, this one of those moments I just really love about this show. Because they have that element of romance in it. Not just the blossoming romance between Noah and... Um, Rosalie, but you find out how um, Pearly May and uh, Moses, you know, how they met and how they courted, you know, it's just so humane, you know, because we don't get to hear these types of stories among people who are enslaved. And I just love that they got that moment. And, you know, those two women shared that together. Yes. So, um, yeah, we get to see, you know, we get to see more of these women's humanity and, you know, all their, their tender feelings and, uh, you know, and see that that hasn't, you know, that ability to love yes. hasn't been squashed out by all of these white folks' savagery. And that's just, yes. that's um, heartening to hear. Um, Uh, another Mayo moment, uh, Hawks and uh, some people I think probably still sent, um, William still sent to him, are working on the new nursery, which is really just a place to harbor cargo. Yes. And then John Hawks offers to spy at the governor's ball for info that could help uh, the Underground Railroad. And I'm like, dude, why are you offering up this stuff? And you don't ask your wife the f- not the first thing. You just you just you just offer to do stuff and then tell her later. And I'm like, <laughs> he gets on my nerves. Anyway, um, all right, so we're back at the plantation. Cato tries to turn Zeke against Noah, because. Uh, <sighs> They they put um, Zeke in a box 
uh, to punish him for breaking that dude's wagon and punching all those hooks. Yeah. So Noah goes to Zeke to try to Noah goes to Kato to try to get Zeke out. And Kato reluctantly agrees, but tries to turn um, Zeke against Noah in the bargain. Um, Then um, this bitch uh, calls everybody in the house out of the house um, because the seal is missing and she wants to know who took it. Macon is out in the field making all the field slaves raise railroad ties above their heads. Mm-hmm. These heavy ass railroad ties, basically tracks mm-hmm. for a railroad, which is, I don't know if it's ro- ironic or not. Being that, you know, some of these folks are going to be riding the Underground Railroad um, to his brother's house. Anyway, um, and he says, you know, it's 50 lashes for for them if they all drop. Um, Ernestine figures out that Rose um, took the seal. And tells her to tell, to it tells Rose to tell her where the seal is. <sighs> and then Ernestine, um, just right on the spot, um, uh, devises a plan to fix um, Rosalie's mess. Um, then we cut to another Mayo moment at the governor's ball. Um, what'd you say about the music in this scene? Uh, with the sounds like white folks prom or something. Yeah, it, it does sound like just like a white people's prom music, and it I don't know, just kind of gave it that feel, like which I'm guessing was the intention, you know, because music is used very intentionally in this show, and it was just really, <laughs> really corny. Yeah, it was maximum mayo. Yeah, in this moment. Um, um, then, um, Ernestine, uh, ends up giving the seal to TR, um, Macon's son, and he's making all kind of mess with it in, um, in, uh, Macon's office, um, which is where this bitch finds him. And then um, Ernestine pays TR off with candy, which will be uh, important later in later episodes. Um, then um, Rose is sitting with Sam in his shop later that night, and um, she's doubting herself, you know whether she can go through with this because, you know, she needed her mama to help her get out of the mess that she found herself in. Mm-hmm. And then, um, you know, Sam is always, he never misses a moment to say, you know, you got it better up there in the, in the house than we got it out in the field and everything. 
and uh, she says it's suffocating being in, in the master's house. Mm-hmm. You know, you're you don't live your own life. You're just a shadow of theirs. So, um, and then she's trying to get Sam to tell Noah that she's not going to run. And Sam says, you know, you need to do that yourself. He wants to hear it from you. Um, meanwhile, um, Henry and Noah are, um, are, uh, they're sitting somewhere, um, just trying to rest after holding up them ties for however long. Um, and Henry says something about, um, that big spoon in the sky, which is he had it so he could, um, uh, scoop up all the water in the ocean and drink every drop because he's so thirsty. Yeah. And then Noah looks at Henry and is like, you just figured out part of the map to freedom. <laughs> that big, that, that big spoon in the sky is the Big Dipper and it always points north. Oh, wait, when they're sitting so, by the river, though, they're hiding yeah. the, the, um, the, what's the top, the, the hooks and stuff. Yeah, whatever. I, I forget, you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's all coming together. Yeah, so it's part of the um, part of the song, um, Follow the Drinking Gourd, uh, which is also the map to freedom. So um, Noah and Henry celebrate about figuring that out. And it's just really a, a really fun moment between the two guys. Um, meanwhile, Rose is going to walk over to Noah's to tell to tell him herself that she doesn't want to run. And she runs into Bill, the overseer, who forces her into a conversation about his dead wife and something. Tries to make Rose feel sorry for him. And when she does, when she capitulates and says, you know, I'll I'll pick you some flowers to put at her grave. Yeah. And then you can see this look on Bill's face. It's like, oh, I got her now. Then he tries to, then he tries to, to touch her. And when she backs away, when she flinches, he said, you know, he starts getting mad. Like, oh, you think you're better than me? And then starts dragging her into his house. The sad thing is, you know, you see uh, a slave woman walk by and hear all the, you know, the screaming and breaking things and all that kind of stuff. She just walks by. It's like just a regular Tuesday. Yep. I mean... Something similar may have happened to her, and nobody gave two shits about it either. So she just gonna walk. Yeah. Um. And then um, Noah passes by that that same woman, and um, he's walking somewhere. I guess he's walking back from the river or whatever. And then um. 
Rosalie runs out of Bill's house and um, sees Noah. He's like, and and she's like, we got to go. And um, Noah's like, no, we got to, you know, we running on uh, Saturday. And um, Rose just says, Bill did. Yeah. And Noah just grabs her hand yeah. and they start running. Yeah. I mean, she's disheveled and shaken up, so he knew something was wrong. You know, and yeah. when she's like, he did, uh, yeah, let's just go. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. That's it. Ain't no more talking. No. Let's run. It. <laughs> it's time for running. Um, and then the last scene of the episode is Liz Hawks after the governor's ball, um, is walking to some part of the, her house to give some drinks or something to John. And he finds uh, John uh, with a knife to his throat. And uh, the person that's wielding the knife <laughs> is just a small <laughs> so we So we like, oh shit, this gonna be good. Yeah. Um, and then they end the episode, which is, which, damn. Gotta stop playing with my emotions like that. Yeah. Oh, you also do see Rosalie and um, Noah um, on the harness at the bottom of the wagon with the um, yeah, because that, that was the wagon that would um, that they um, were using to replace the other dudes. They where they fixed his wagon and they were sending it back to uh, his plantation. Why they were doing this at midnight, I don't know, <laughs> but you know it worked out to uh, their advantage. Does you see them getting off the plantation. So, kind of just... And they all hugged up. Yeah, just, you know... It's, uh... Yeah, it's like when it ends it like that, you're like, okay, shit just got real. Yeah, it's getting good, and now you're ending an episode. Yeah. I'm supposed to wait another week for this? Yeah. <laughs> Underground play too much. <sighs> Keep bringing it back. But, yeah... So, um, now we get to episode four, which is called Firefly. And, um, where's my notes? <laughs> Did I just go through all my notes? Uh-oh. Anyway, um, um. So, um, in episode four, basically what happens is they're cutting back between Rosalie and Noah running, um, and, uh, Jesse Smollett at the Hawks' house, um, he assumes that Hawks, um, sold his wife away from him and um, he's trying to find out you know where she went and also you know take out some you know sadistic kind of punishment on them for um, being white you know he wants to turn the tables and be the master mm-hmm. for once um, which is fun because he's yeah. petty and violent and a little bit crazy, but hey, 
Look at the conditions I he's I in. I don't begrudge him. I'm saying it would make anybody crazy. Um, so, um, and then we also see, um, you know, um, the aftermath at the plantation. Um, Cato walks in on Bill. Walks into Bill's house to, you know, because he's late for work or whatever, and finds Bill, you know, bleeding out on the floor. And Cato was about to finish the job when, uh, um, you know, uh, Megan shows up. Um, but Bill's got a bottle in his neck, and unfortunately, you know, Rose thought she had killed him, but, you know, she had only halfway, three-fourths of the way done it. I mean, he was bleeding out pretty badly. He should have been dead, but he wasn't. Because evil don't die. Um, No. uh, No. So he brings, so Macon brings, um, Macon brings Ernestine to patch Bill up, and Bill manages to tell Macon that Rose put the bottle in his neck. So now Ernestine is worried. And, um, you know, Macon's got to put a call out to um, retrieve his property. Yeah, his property. Yeah. Anyway, um... So he gets some, he hires some slave hunters and, um, you know, everybody else on the plantation is talking about it. And, um, Ernestine goes to Sam and tells her to, tells him to tell her what's going on with Rosalie. And Sam takes another moment to, uh, you know, be bitter about um, her leaving him out in the field. And um, Ernestine tells him to focus. <laughs> and finally he ends up yeah. ratting. Um, so Ernestine also goes to Cato and says, you know, you need to, you need to do something about this and, you know, um, help the rest of the people that were running. And Cato tries to get a few um, insults in too, but, you know, Ernestine ain't having that. Um, and, you know, Cato tries to play like he's going to be, you know, making, making, um, tries to promote him to overseer. And gives him this gift of, um, like, um, really 100-proof, yeah, gin or something like that. Um, And, you know, Cato takes it, but he ends up using it for um, much better purposes than drinking. So um, he concocts his own little plan. Um. So he's out in the fields, you know, pretending to work everybody real hard. Um, and um, 
Zeke um, notices that his canteen is leaking. And, um, you know, Cato yells at him and punches a hole through the the barrel that um, that they usually get water out of to drink. Um, and just keeps walking along um, with that dripping canteen. Um, meanwhile, back on the run, uh, Noah and Rose um, find um, a little shed to hide in. And um, Rosalie um, needs to change clothes um, to get out of the Macon's uh, cookhouse dress. And, um, you know, uh, Rosalie gets uh, Noah to help her with the buttons in the back. And he sees the scars on the back of her neck and um, her shoulders and stuff. And he kind of puts his hand over them just slightly. And um, it's a kind of tender moment um, uh, that gets interrupted because um, the hunters have found them. Um, so they have to run, and they're running through swamp water and all this kind of stuff. But um, Rose sees a plant um, that will help get the dogs off their scent. And so um, she um, tells she tells um, Noah to get her one of those waterfowl or one of, like maybe a duck or something like that, water birds. Um, and I think she puts the plants, um, you know, in the, in the, in the, in the, in the ducks or whatever. So the dogs will eat the meat and get sick and then they won't hunt them anymore. So, um, so the, the slave hunters are relying on the dogs to catch the scent. So if the dogs are sick, they can't really continue going after them. So. Rosalie is showing um, her helpfulness, yeah. and you know she's Miss Ernestine's child. She's not. She's never going to be useless. Yes. So, um, so um, they finally get to uh, another place of um, safety. They can rest for a minute, and Noah says, "You know, um, you know, keep going, and because um, I got to go back for the others." And, you know, he starts get he starts this whole speech or whatever. And, um, you know, he's got this, this, this fire in his eyes and everything. And, and Rose is just taken and she kisses him. <laughs> and I'm like, yes, baby. Yes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Cause she was trying to convince him. Yeah. She was trying man. to convince him not to go. But after seeing that, she's like, you know, you do what you got to do, but you know what? You got something to come back to. <laughs> You're going to come back. Yeah. You're yeah. going to come back, right? You're going to come back. You're going to want some more of this sugar. So, um. <laughs> and his eyes just went wide after the look on his face after she kisses him. So, I loved it so much. I love these people. Um. Oh, God. So, um, then we go back to the plantation, and um, it's nighttime, and Cato has 
uh, gotten Sam, Pearly May, Moses, Zeke, Henry. No, he didn't have Sam. No, Sam wasn't there. It was it was Pearly May, Moses, Boo, Henry. Was that it? Zeke, Pearly May, Moses, Boo, Henry. Yeah. Kato. Yeah, it's just them. I think that was about it. Yeah. So, so he's he's got them out there. Um, and he's telling them about a boy who who ran and got dragged back and uh, got a R branded into his face for runaway. He ran again a few days later. Got dragged back. Got another R branded into his face. And the boy couldn't stand to look at himself in the mirror. And he said, Cato said, a man that can't look at himself in the mirror don't even feel like a man. So he he did more burning to burn them R's off his face. And then you realize Cato talking about himself. And, um, just when you realize that, he, he takes the torch in his hand and, you know, just hits some, hits one of those white folks in the stomach with it and then takes a whip and wraps it around the other white person and then turns to the group of slaves and says, run, but. And then takes the and the torch ends up lighting up the cotton fields that he had already doused in Poof, the hundred proof gin that was leaking from his canteen. Kato <laughs> burned so the cotton field. <laughs> he gathered the group and told them to run. One time yes. you can like Kato because that was perfect and it was hardcore. It was beautiful. He played that, he played that well. Yes, as a nice little as a nice yeah. little plan, Kato. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if Ernestine had something to do with it, but you know, because she did tell him. Yeah, cause she found out he was going. Yeah, she did find out that he was going one of them, didn't she? And she told him, I need you to make sure my daughter is on that train to Atlanta. Because the um that bitch she um ordered some fabric or something for a nursery and Ernestine she told the dude because it was gonna take them like six weeks to get it by post. But she told the dude, I think there's a train leaving from Atlanta wouldn't be quicker and she's like Okay, and they agreed to that. And so now she knows that the train is going, she wants them to make sure Rosalie gets on the train. So, so then that ends, well, um, that's the the climax of the episode. We do see a scene that, uh, with, um, uh, Rosalie, um, seeing some fireflies that, uh, um, are outside of the window, the, the shed or whatever that she's in. She walks outside and kind of, you know, uh, you know, walks among the fireflies for a minute. And it's kind of this really nice, magical kind of moment. 
And then, um, then uh, he sees Noah, and Noah's brought some yeah. friends. And it's the making seven. It's it's um, Pearly May and early, Boo and early, Noel. Early May. It's no. Yeah. Yeah. It's well before okay. this. Um, uh, Stabler catches up with um, everybody yeah, on the run. Boo's foot and, gets caught in the bridge. Yeah. And, yeah. So. And um, so Pearly May get um, pulls Boo's foot out of the bridge and um, tells Moses, you know, get her to freedom. And then she turns around and says, you know, she lifts her, raises her hands and says, not in front of my daughter. And Stabler is there with his son, Ben. And um, so basically he doesn't shoot her or anything because he doesn't want to do that in front of his son. Who has already seen him kill somebody, though. But he doesn't know that. Um, so Pearlie gives herself up, you know, to... You know, so the rest of them can keep running. So when um, Rosalie is <clears throat> out with the fireflies, she runs into Noah and Moses and Boo and Cato and Henry and Zeke. And she asks where Pearly may. And they just shake their heads. So, Rosalie's the only woman out there with them. Well, her. Well, Boo's just a child. So, um, she's the only woman. <sighs> and, um, that's, that's about the end of the yeah, episode, right? The last thing you see is the, they're trying to put the fire out. And, uh, the Macon, he looks back and he sees Ernestine and she's just crying. She knows it's going to get bad. And you see this Sam. Yeah, Sam is one of the people um, helping. Yeah. yeah. So he didn't run. Um, uh, Rosalie asked after him, too. And that's when you see, you cut to the scene, and you see that he's one of the line that's trying to get the water to get the fire out. And Yeah, so. Still haven't figured out how he didn't get, how Cato didn't get him. Because Cato. I'm, I'm thinking, I'm thinking. I'm thinking he, Cato probably did try to get him, and Sam said no. I'm that's that's which is wild because Rosalie was talking about how scared she was, and Sam was saying that he wasn't yeah. scared, and yet he he he's the one that stayed behind. So that is our um. Recap of episodes three and four of Underground. Um, hope you're checking out this show. Yeah. Um, the last episode airs Wednesday. Yeah. For the season. Because it, yeah, it got it's renewed. Be back for season <laughs> they two. hurried up and renewed that show. Cause, yes. Because yes. Underground is the highest rated scripted show WGN has ever had. <laughs> and so, yeah, Hello. so you know. And it's probably going to get all kinds of Emmy love in a minute. I mean, I'm Irvine mm-hmm. alone. 
<laughs> yes. Misha Green alone, because she be writing. And um, people on that show alone can just, you know, get up. All this hot. Yeah. <laughs> oh, sorry. Um, You're going to hate me for saying it, but as far as acting goes, the dude who plays Kato, he is because I'm because yeah, I because I'm I thinking know. in real life he's probably a cool person, you know. Because some because like the nicest yeah. people always are the best at playing these horrible um, uh, antagonistic people, and so and it's, no, he's it. I will not deny. Yeah, he's that's doing the a great job. Yes, exactly. You love to hate him too. That's the thing. You love to hate him. And he's doing a great. He he's just doing such an exceptional job at that. So, I hope he gets some shine during the wars time too, because Alana Miller, Miller, yes, because he is doing a fantastic job as Cato. Yeah, and such a departure from his role on really? Jane the Virgin. Oh, yeah. So, um, so. Yeah, Very so if that's the case, then definitely, yeah, he better get some nods too for this because showing a range like that. Yeah. Everybody could, because everybody brought yes. their A game to this. Yeah, well, all the <laughs> small it is. She's amazing, and I'm, she just makes me love Rosalie more with every episode. Because it's like cause she's like she's the one everybody thought was going to be the weakest link, and she has been like the best asset every time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he keeps showing yeah. more of Ernestine. So, every episode, yes. and I love it. Yeah, I love Ernestine. Whew. So, um, there it is, Underground episodes three and four. And um, hope you're watching the show. Um, if you have any comments or questions or anything you wanna, if you wanna talk Underground with us, you know. Hit us up at Black Girl Squee, uh, blackgirlsquee at gmail.com. Um, or leave us a comment on iTunes when you rate and review the show. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so now we're going to go from the highs of underground to the lows of Catch the Fade. Okay. Hit it, so Indo. <laughs> this past week, it's been all over my Tumblr and, and on my Facebook, too. There's this girl... Her name is Tasia Jones Banks. I think she's about 17. And, well, she decided to do what all teenagers do. She posted um, pics of herself in her prom dress uh, for, uh, you know, this year. She looks lovely, you know, in her pretty little dress, you know, got herself all made up, got her hair done. And thing is, her friends and her family, they all, they all complimented her, you know, gave her some good feedback on her um on her, you know, her look, you know, and it was, you know, a pretty happy thing. Well, some asshole, I won't say his name, decided to share her photo and was just livid that this girl got compliments. So she's a dark skinned uh, fat girl and not like the, not like the curvy type of, you know, hourglass shaped fat, uh, the kind of fat that, you know, we, you know, don't like, I guess. And after he posted this she started getting bullied you know probably from strangers don't even know her and after a while she just wrote should have never went should have never posted any pics and I think she deactivated her Facebook account due to all the bullying she got 
So to anybody who had anything untoward to say to this little girl, fuck you and fuck off. She looked gorgeous, you know, and she was happy. She was happy with herself. Her friends were happy with her. You had absolutely no business saying a goddamn thing to this girl. This is a 17-year-old child going to a high school prom. What? Why were you so upset that she got compliments on her dress and on her hair and on her makeup? Like, like how dare Thank she you. feel good about herself Thank and you. be happy? Why? You must have nothing going on in your life if you're mad at somebody else for being happy. And you have to come and do something about that and fuck it up. I feel like you should name his name was Michael Anderson. (laughs) And I think this was a grown ass man, too. I don't know for sure, but I'm like, I think this that's That's which is really really fucked up because I'm like, you are a grown ass man picking on a child. The fuck is wrong with you? You are sad. You are sad and pathetic. That's the thing. It's always, why is it always a goddamn black man just waiting for the chance to tear down a black woman, a black child at this? So, uh, that's just, that's terrible. That's terrible. A child. And she was just going, she was just going to prom. And you I mean, and you, they do it because a grown ass woman would yeah, have clapped back. Definitely. This this child took it, internalized the hatred, and deactivated her account. So they they attack children to kill their self esteem before it can bloom, and also. So they can be safe from clap from clapback, from retaliation. You said a grown ass woman. Not only was she a clapback, her friends would have came for your ass, and would have brought the wrath of, would have brought hell on you. This didn't. Isn't this the guy that went to everybody that actually complimented the girl on her Facebook and I think was so. shitting on them too. I really think so. He, why would you have that time? <laughs> what type of time you got on your hands that you got to go <laughs> do? That's just so deeply pathetic. pathetic. It's deeply pathetic and 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 and, yeah. and and evil. Fuck this dude. He can catch yeah, all the fame. Let him catch hands on the street too. I ain't gonna say a word. I am not gonna say a word. He did not need to do this to this child. I'll take pictures yeah. and post the shits on Facebook. That's Go what tell his all his deserved. friends. You should have never let him open his mouth. Why you supposed to be his friend? <laughs> yep. Tag him in those shits. Yeah. Hey Facebook, what <laughs> do you think of these pictures? <laughs> this pathetic asshole getting his ass beat. Tasia Taja, I'm, I'm not sure how to pronounce your name. I'm sorry if I mispronounce your name. You looked beautiful. You know, don't ever be afraid to post your pictures online and love yourself like that because of assholes like that. Don't ever. Yeah. He is not worth to lick your footprints. So that's right. Um. Whew. Okay. All right. So okay, back up. Let's rise yes. back up with our squeak queens. 
first of all, uh, Fene Shakur, again, rest in power. Um, all the black girls showing out at the Met Gala. Yes! That we mentioned about. And I'm even going to yes. have to go with your girl, FK Twigs, because with her kind of that flap oh, yeah. look. Because, yeah. you know, that was a good look, too. Mm-hmm. Just all mm-hmm. of them just showed out. Yeah, that's how we do. And I got a shout out to um, actress Florence Kasumba, who um, I'm seeing on Tumblr as um, uh, one of Black Panther's um, bodyguards, known known as the Dora Milaje or Adored Ones, um, and Black Panther. Um, has a, a a group of body personal bodyguards called, called the Dora Milaje, um, which is just nothing but a bunch of uh, 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 incredible yes. black women <laughs> from Wakanda, and um, uh, apparently uh, Florence Kasumba plays one of them. In uh, the movie that just came out, uh, Captain America mm. Civil War. Uh, so, um, Tumblr says that she gets into it or gets into some kind of um, conflict with uh, Black <laughs> Widow. So, um, um, so she got to be one of my squeak queens. Um, Shout out to you, oh, Florence Please let Kasumba. me have money when this comes to the second row theater so I can see it. Because I swear my whole entire timeline, all my Twitter, my Tumblr, pretty much the entire movie, well, Black Panther showed up, whooped some people's asses, uh, Florence Kasumba was there. That's all. The, that's the whole movie. Like, okay. I don't... Nothing else happened according hey. to him. <laughs> that's worth a matinee. Yes. That's worth a matinee. Yeah. Um, Ticket for me. Um, So those are our squeak queens. Yes. Now to everyone's favorite segment, DWIDP. This week in that print. Before we get to our, um, you know, guest of honor, gonna mention a couple of other people. First of all, my husband, Chadwick Boseman, who plays the aforementioned um, T'Challa, a.k.a. Black Panther, in um, his own series of movies, as well as Captain America Civil War. Mm. Um, Judging by the gifts and pictures on Tumblr and... um, all his recent appearances on um, TV talk shows. Um, he just needs to, to come here and marry me. <laughs> and from what I'm hearing also, they said his Wakandan accent is, mm, I haven't heard it yet, but okay. Mm, mm, good. good or mm, bad? <laughs> okay. All right. Because I heard that he had um, worked with a dialect coach to um, develop a sort of South African mm. accent. Really, he did well. Um, so, 
um, everybody that was worried that this um, actor from South Carolina wouldn't be able to pull it off, you know, hopefully they'll be encouraged. Um, uh, so, um, apparent, I mean, just from everything that I've heard, he's worked hard and done his research. He's read all the comics. You know, he wasn't a big comic reader before, but he read everything he could get his hands on regarding Black Panther. Uh, <laughs> my baby wanted to do so well. He do his research. Look at him. He worked hard. He worked with a personal trainer <laughs> to get his body up and, you know, fighting fit. And Good job. Good job. Yes. That suit? Black Panther suit. I'm, I'm just saying he's yes we're mentioning him in DWIDP yes. for a reason that's <laughs> it lets you see things um, that suit is awesome stops bullets and <laughs> yeah anyway yeah. stops hearts um ooh uh, <laughs> uh um, also in uh, Civil War was uh, Donald Brody. Brody, which I just I Don Cheadle. I mean, what uh, what can you say about him? Yeah. Um, but um, Donald <laughs> Frank Cheadle Jr. was born November twenty oh, ninth. So he's a sad. He's a um, He is a writer, an actor, producer, and now director Ooh, of I Miles Ahead. Uh, of the uh, the new biopic about Miles Davis. He's an activist uh, who's campaigned to end genocide in Darfur, Sudan. Um, he co-wrote a book um, called Not On Our Watch, The Mission to End Genocide in Darfur mm. and Beyond. Um, he was born in Kansas City, Missouri. Uh, the son, yes, the son of a clinical psychologist. <laughs> hey, what's up? And um, he graduated from East High School in Denver, Colorado. Played saxophone and was in the mime <laughs> club. <laughs> oh, I know. What a nerd. <laughs> Don just had his foot in the everything. Oh, and I just have to, y'all know that he was in Angela Winbush's video no for It's the Real way. Thing. He was dancing. Yes, yes, yes. Oh my God, it's so good. Um, he was dancing in an orange jumpsuit because the video was set in like a car wash. It was so good. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh man. Uh, and, um, you know, his the role that gave him his big break was... Um, Devil in a Blue Dress with Denzel uh, Washington, where he played Mouse, Mouse. Alexander. Um, yeah. If you didn't want him dead, why'd you leave him with me? Um, 
that's that's mouse right there. That's pretty much mouse. Yeah, yeah. Killing with his yeah. business and business is good. Um and now he's recently played uh James Rhodes in um the last two Iron Man movies, uh Avengers Age of Ultron and now um Captain America Civil War. So um that's uh Don Cheadle. Um I just he love was, his face. Yeah. And everything about him and uh he's he's great. And uh so he's one of our um honorable mentions. Um and now tell us about this um Yes, there's recently been a hashtag and a movement called Starring John Cho. And what it is, it's reimagining John Cho in a lot of leading roles from like everything from The Martian to uh, rom-coms, which is perfect because John Cho really should be playing all of these types of roles. Because, well, first of all, he's fine as hell. Let's just be let's just be honest mm-hmm. about that. John mm-hmm. Cho is fine as hell. Two, he's talented. He can pull it off. Was when he when mm-hmm. I was when mm-hmm. he first got the role for Star Trek, I was actually kind of a bit worried would he be able to pull it off because the thing I remember most about Sulu is that he was this kind of you know really you know masculine really um, kind of you know just I remember him you know this, you know, sword-wielding, you know, thing, you know, grabbing Uhura, you know, <laughs> so don't worry if you're made an outside, you know, I'll protect you. And I knew John Cho from comedy. But when I saw him in Star Trek, I just completely changed my mind about him. I'm like, yeah, he pulled this off. And then it turns out, even after that, he just kept getting more badass. I mean, he is so outspoken, he, you know, just take no shit which makes him even sexier <laughs> and I'm like you know what John Cho should be in so many leading roles because what? I mean damn <laughs> we just need to look at him more we just need to see more of him yeah I just if the second the only the best thing about that second Star Wars mm-hmm. Star Trek movie sorry is his speech when for the few minutes that he's captain mm-hmm. of the Enterprise, um, that ends with, you know, test me, <laughs> you will fail. I mean, he, 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 yeah. Uh, to, to use me's um, emoji, um, the kitty cat, with, with the drooling, yeah. That, Wait, what? That's what that's you just ask my pen, um, is this, that what you just said? Because that's what I heard. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Here they are. Take them. Yes, yes, yes. Um, yes. So, I mean, we need him giving more speeches yeah. like that. I mean, just. Yeah, I mean, I'm sorry I couldn't watch Selfie, um, but I just couldn't get into that show, but I should have. Because we need to see him being more of a romantic lead. Because he obviously has the skills to be a convincing romantic lead. Yeah, and he, you know, he could have, you know, been 
I wrote it to clean yes. on Sleepy Hollow, but you know, yeah, they don't, have to fuck up everything. Mm. Please do a show in the call, Barry. Anyway, so we won't get into that. The call, please. We already just give me that. Yeah. 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 So, um, I fully support yes. starring John Cho. Um, yes, he should be in all the, the things. All the things we will watch. All the things that John Cho is in. So now mm. our guest of honor mm. for this episode's uh, DWIDP uh, is one David mm. Danielle Diggs. His name just sounds good now. <laughs> mm-hmm. he, uh, this Tony nominee for Hamilton was born January 24th, 1982. He is an actor as well as a rapper. His 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 hip hop group called Clipping um, has a different kind of style of rap that takes out the first person, um, which um, you know allows him to tell different kinds of stories in his raps um, and with a different kind of perspective. Uh, he was born in Oakland, California. His mother is uh, white and Jewish, and his father is African American. His name David means Aww. beloved in Hebrew. Um, <coughs> Diggs graduated from Brown University uh, with a degree in theater, and. Um, he, he he was in a group with Lynn Manuel Miranda um, and later got recruited to um, play a part in Hamilton. Um, he said on another round that, you know, he wouldn't have gotten the job if he um, <laughs> had to audition because he can't dance. <laughs> dance. <laughs> you don't need to. You can just so, stand there and look um, pretty boy. Just, just stand there and look pretty. Yes, could you? Yes, you really could. Yes, you're good at that. So, um, he's working on um, a new album as well to um, release this year. Um, he already has one solo rap album called "Small Things to a Giant" um, that came out in 2012, uh, and. Um, he also uh, did a rap song for the uh, Zootopia soundtrack. So check him out there. So a man of many talents. One of them yes. is being fine. <laughs> and we salute you for that, yes. Mr. Diggs. Uh, and definitely check out his interview on Another Round if you can, because that was awesome. And I don't know... How Tracy and Heaven <laughs> got through it without falling all over him. I just yeah. Kudos to y'all. Y'all are true professionals. Oh, you need to um, leave you and your awesome hair. I just want to rub my face in your hair. Oh my god! I just want to rub this hair. Okay. It just looks. So- <laughs> That's all. That's all. Okay. Um, That's anyway. Starts. Uh, <clears throat> <laughs> Tell me more. Tell me more. Um, <laughs> it just looks so soft. 
Oh wait. Oh, okay, moving on. Um, woman's vocab. Our woman's vocab word today is revenge porn. Revenge porn is a form of online harassment in which a person posts or threatens to post intimate property, usually explicit photos of a person online. This form of harassment usually occurs with exes or other persons with access to this property. Furthermore, this is the type of harassment that mostly occurs toward men, toward women by men. Revenge porn. Men all steadily, just constantly yeah. ask for nudes, but nope. we can't trust it because you never what you never know what the exactly. asses will do with it. So, if if your lady doesn't give you nudes, yeah. this is probably why. Yeah. Well, one of the reasons. I mean, why. she just may not want to, but you know, still. <laughs> But still, the fact that this is even a possibility means that you should not expect nudes. And that don't mean we want dicks in our inbox either, but unless your name is Idris or Chadwick or Tom Hiddleston, you know. In this corner. (laughs) That is for Twitter. Um, But yeah, I agree. So, at does daughter. Um, So now, um, our black girl commandment. Thou shalt remember you are your own best thing. Slightly paraphrase uh, Tony Morrison. So that goes out to Tasia and um, all of the black women that are getting, you know, crapped on. Yeah. You are your own best thing. Um, so once again, just want to remind you um, we'd love to get your feedback and. Um, so you can do that several ways. You can hit us up on our podcast Twitter at Black Girl Squee. Uh, you can talk to us individually at In This Corner and at Dust Daughter. You can send us a message on Tumblr, blackgirlsquee.tumblr.com. You can email us, blackgirlsquee at gmail.com. You can rate and review us on iTunes. Um, and we'll have the link in the show notes. Uh, you can uh, follow us on Podomatic or um, Google Play Podcasts. And, um, right, yeah, yeah. Um, you can also um, fill out our uh, listener survey, which we'll have, which will um, uh, give you the link to um, on Tuesday when the podcast comes out. So um, we'd really appreciate your feedback. Uh, filling out the survey will um, 
give us more information about how to improve the show, which we want to do all the time. So um, please, if you listen to the show and enjoy what you hear, um, please fill out our survey. And uh, um, thank you for listening. Um, Bye. Goodbye.